Lord, we just thank you for your greatness. Lord, as we worship today, as we honor you, as we lift you up in this place, Lord God, and wherever we find ourselves today, Lord, we put you in the highest place where we've had other priorities and other things that have slipped into our lives and we've even unknowingly or unconsciously just put you as a second thing in our life or at the back of the list, Lord God, I pray that today you'd help us to put you back front and center in the highest place, how great thou art. Lord, we honor you today and we worship you. We pray that today, as we look at your word, that you would speak to us, Lord, and you draw us back to yourself. Each and every person watching and joining us online today, Lord, I pray you'd speak a word in season to them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Welcome to City Church Online today. It's great to have you joining with us today. And as Tim and Amy have already said, isn't it fantastic to have the team that have been on stage with us today and have been leading us in worship as we begin to make our way out of this COVID season and into the next for City Church. It's really exciting to be able to have the team back on the platform. And over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see some changes in terms of how things are set up online as well as we move people back into the room. We've got some team coming in next Sunday and then the following Sunday we are back together with everybody in the building and so if you haven't already registered can I encourage you to jump online and register before uh, places uh, are gone for next uh, for the following Sunday so looking forward to gathering together and being together for that it's going to be incredible to be in the house the church of Jesus Christ together Ecclesia, as it says in Scripture, the gathering of the church, the people of God, talks about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And I am excited about it because there's something special that happens when we get together in the room, when we worship God together corporately, when we hear the Word, when we lay hands on people and pray for people, when we gather together, when we connect around uh, fellowshipping under the name of Jesus. There's just something about that that is powerful. And I thank God for technology that's been able to carry us through this season. It's been absolutely incredible and we still will have technology functioning and and have our online Facebook and YouTube for those that want to join us in that capacity as well. We'll run that alongside at the same times, but we are really excited to be in person, to gather together and uh, really be able to just see God move in a powerful way. And I was on online just um, just this um, last week with our mayor and all the ministers of uh, churches throughout the Blue Mountains and we were just talking about coming back to church and we're just hearing from a council's perspective and different things about how we do that and process that through this season and you know one of the big health crises that is happening at the moment is mental health and one of the great ways that the church can help during this time, our health system, is help in mental health and be able to gather people together and be able to encourage one another and, and just connect again. And so it's great that the church is at the forefront of helping our nation, helping our state come out of this and really being able to work together to be able to see people find health and wholeness. And we know that that's found in Christ and be able to connect with one another and help one another together as well. And I know it's just great to see the unity of across uh, the Blue Mountains and all the different denominations and churches as we gather back together uh, in the weeks to come. And so it's an exciting time. But we've been doing a series called People of the Way. 
And I want to continue that series today, People of the Way. It's talking about what it means to be a Christian. We know that, that there was no word in the Bible called Christian. People were called people of the way. They were described as people that weren't just people that understood a dogma or a certain theology, but they were people that their whole way of life had changed as followers of Jesus Christ. They were literal followers of Jesus. And we see that that the Bible talks about the kind of life transformation that took place when they decided to follow Jesus. It wasn't just merely ticking a box on a census and saying that they were a Christian or attending a church service on a Sunday or, or some of those things that we could limit Christianity down to. It was a whole, complete life transformation. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. It says in the scripture, we are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. So people of the way, we are a transformed people. We are a work in progress. God is working through us. He's using us as his plan A on the earth to reach people. And so when we're called to be people of the way, we're called to be dedicated followers of Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us to take this message of grace, the gospel, to the world. And it's great to be able to all play our part. That's why I'm so excited about gathering together again, because it's part of the process of what we do as we begin to love people and serve people. We can't do that in isolation to its optimal peak. We need to be able to meet with people and love people and serve people and connect with people. And that's what we are called to do as the body of Christ. So I want to talk particularly about being people of love today. We've talked about being people of faith. We've talked about being people of hope. And today I want to talk about being people of love. It says in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13, one of the most uh, well-known passages, it says, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. I think we all know that to be a Christian is to understand that we serve a God of love and that we understand that life transforms us in Christ to such a way that we have love that starts to emanate out of our life. I think anybody could tell you that the central message of the Bible, the central message of Christianity or being a person of the way is love. Even people that are outside of the church would acknowledge that and say that that the Christians are known for their love to the degree that when we do things that are unloving, they will call us out for it because they know that is what Christianity is about. Even an unbeliever knows that, that Christianity is about love. And so I've seen many times in my life where I've acted in an unloving way and I've had a non-believer point it out to me that that's not the way that a Christian should act. And I think that's because we all know the truth that the, the Christianity is built on love. It's all about God's love in us and then God's love working through us to love other people. It's the central message of the gospel. And I think it's something that we should be proud of that we are known as people of love. But it's also something we need to often check ourselves about to make sure that we are operating that way. See, it's really easy to become religious. We know the Pharisees in the Bible, we know the the Sadducees, we know the different uh, religious sects that were in the Bible and we can see time and time again that they got caught in a tradition that they forgot the oil that kept everything working, which was love. 
They were doing the services, but they forgot why they were doing the services. They were, they were doing things for people, but they were forgetting that it was just about loving people, not about putting burdens and weights on people and asking people to do more things. It's really easy to find ourselves in function, but not actually having our faith activated in love. And I want to encourage us in this season as we begin to move back to church services. Maybe you felt like your faith's gone dormant during this time. Maybe you felt like it's just been difficult to pray, difficult to read your Bible, difficult to connect with God. And maybe you've really struggled. And you thought to yourself, maybe at the start of this, oh, maybe this will be a great time for me to really connect to God. But you look back and you think, I I didn't connect in the way that I wanted to. Do you know what? That there's always a new day. His mercies are new every morning. And I want to encourage you, today can be your day to say, you know what? I want to grow closer to God. I don't want to just go through the motions. As I come back to church, I want to fall in love with Jesus again. I want to know Him for myself in a way that's personal and profound. I want to connect with people in a way that flows from a place of health on the inside. Loving God and loving people. It's what we're called to do. You know, we're coming back to church and we've already laid out, if you look on our website, what the next few months are going to look like and when our Christmas services are and things like that. You can see it all on our website, all the dates and the details that are there under the COVID tab. But we're not coming back to try and fill your calendars with a whole bunch of schedules. We're coming back to do strategic things that we want to do that, that, that are simple and that are just focused on Jesus and just helping you to be able to connect with God and to love people. And so we want to do that. It's so important not just to get caught up in the stuff, but remember that God is the thing that our life is all about. Loving God and loving people. We're people that love God. We're people that love the house of God. We're people that love serving God. We're people that love using our gifts and our abilities and talents to be able to build up the body of Christ. We are called to gather. We are called to be together. We are called to love one another. It's what we're called to do. It says in 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12, May the, love, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else increase and overflow that's what I'm believing for your life today that you would see the increase of God's love and the increase of your love for one of people one another and you would see that overflow out of your life that you would understand how valued you are by God see God's love doesn't go up or down He always loves you consistently, more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. His love towards you is so great. But we go through seasons where we have feelings and emotions, and we can find ourselves not feeling loved, not feeling like we are hitting the mark, not feeling like we are loving other people like we should, not feeling like we are living in this place of love. And the only thing we need to do is turn again to Christ, turn again to Scripture, and remind ourselves how loved by God we are. It doesn't change because of your behavior. It doesn't change because of the seasons. It doesn't change because of your isolation. His love for you is great in every single season. And so I want to look today at three, scripture, three things Scripture reminds us about living a life of love. And the first one is this, number one, love is your highest goal. Love is your highest goal. In fact, it says that in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, it says, let love be your highest goal. So many things to focus on in life. You know, we could be focused on success. 
We can be focused on fame. We can be focused on money and, and, and provision and being able to get to a certain degree um, or, or in our career, be able to move to a certain place, be able to get our finances to a point where we feel like we are self-sufficient or just feeling like we're in those comfortable places. All of those things are good. None of them are bad on their own. But we just need to make sure that the order doesn't get out of sway in our life where we start putting some of those things before Jesus. And I think one of the things that we need to remind ourselves is that Jesus comes first and the other order starts after that. And I think it's so easy for us to be able to be focused on other things, even as Christians. It's really easy to be focused on our service or focused on attending things or our traditions and the things that we do, that we forget that love is our highest goal. That loving God ourself is the most important thing that we can do. And we can look so great towards other people and others can see us and think that, oh, gee, that's a great life that I want to live and look at all the things that they're doing. But the reality is God looks deep on the inside of us. He doesn't look on the external. He says, do you love me? Do you love people? I think the, the maturity that we have is the, the amount of love of connection with God that we continue to build and the love that we have for people shows our sign of maturity. And I think it's really easy in seasons to get bogged down and to find ourselves in, in times where we've got things that just little rocks that get in our shoe, hurts and unforgiveness and things that happen with people. And, and even through this COVID time, it's really been, our world is in outrage. People want to be outraged. They want to be offended. There's so many things we could be upset about but I think our maturity in Christ leads us back to love. Leads us back to saying, you know what, I've got to put that aside. I want to love people. I, was talking, I talked to a young guy a couple of years ago. And I was sitting in a cafe with him. And he, and he said to me, you know what, Ben, I, I've got these desires with my business to be able to really move forward. And I want to get to this point where I've got this level of house and this kind of car and this kind of level of income. And, and, and we started talking about church. And he was a Christian. And he said, look, I, I just... Um, I'm just putting that to the side because I've got to get all these things right. And one day when I've got all of these things in order and I've got lots of money, then I'll start giving to the church. And one day when I've, when I've got the life that I want, then I'll start really serving God in the church and I'll find myself on a team and I'll, and I'll give to church and, I, and, I'll, and I'll just start to invest my life into it. And, but I just need to get to this certain level one day. And I thought to myself, you're never going to get there. Because you've got the order wrong. You start thinking all these other things are important, but Scripture reminds us here, love is your highest goal. Not you getting the most money, even though that's great and that's fantastic. Not you just succeeding in your career, even though that's great and fantastic. Not you driving around this certain level of car. But understanding the season that you're in, in the season of faithfulness when you're grinding and working out that way to try and get to where you want to be, being faithful in that moment and loving God, that's important. Being faithful at the top and the bottom is important. Loving God in every season is important. That's what's going to matter at the end of our life. People gather around at the end of your life at your bed to say goodbye to you. And what they're gathering around to tell you is how much they love you. And what you're telling them is how much you love them. And all those achievements and all of those things aren't coming in consideration in that moment. Because it's all about love. Love is sacrificial. You know, it says in Scripture, Matthew 22, verse 36, 
Jesus speaking, someone comes up to him and asks him a question. They say, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So many rules and regulations that they had to live by as, as believers. It says, in, says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That word love is agape. It's talking about the special kind of love between people and God and God and people. The kind of love and connection that is unconditional and strong. When it's talking about that love, it's reminding us that in every season, God loves us. It's reminding us that in every season we can reach out and find God's love. It says God's love. It says the love, love your, the Lord your God with all your heart. Your heart is talking about the center point of your life. If you look at it in a physical sense, if you look at it in, 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 in the, the figurative sense, it's, it's reminding us that it's the center point of our life. The most important part of our life that pumps the lifeblood of our life pumps that life source of our life through our, our living and our, our being. It's that kind of importance that we place on our relationship with God and loving God with all of our heart. With every part of our being, we want to love God. With all your heart, soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, everything that's spoken in Scripture, everything that God has done is bringing us back to this point and reminding us that it's about loving God and loving people. The rest is details. Life is about relationships. And when we get that right, the rest of our life starts to function as it should. So I remember when I was in year three at school, I had a uh, pastor that would come in. His name was Pastor Ray Moore. He passed away a couple of days after my dad passed away. But he used to come into our school and our primary school and he would teach scripture. He had one of those felt boards and would have all the different characters up and would do uh, the scripture and had the David and Goliath stories. And sometimes, you know, they were pretty damaged the felt characters and all that kind of stuff and so we'd use different people interchangeably uh, to try and tell these bible stories and uh, he'd get up and he'd tell these stories and then give an invitation to come and know Jesus now now pastor ray he was a world war 2 veteran he'd flown uh, the planes in the world war 2 and uh, he was an incredible man that had these incredible stories of the life that he'd lived he'd done so much to serve our nation that he didn't need to be coming in in his old age and teaching some snotty-nosed brat year three kids about Jesus. He'd done enough in his life. But here he was, finding himself in a country town, coming into to school, teaching young children about Jesus and giving an invitation to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I was one of the people, one of the many people that lifted my hand to say, yeah, I'm giving my life to Jesus after one of the invitations that he gave in one of the classes. And I think about his life, he could have been taken it easy. He'd done so much for our nation, but here he was serving and loving young people and bringing the next generation through with love. And I thought to myself, that's the kind of life I want to live, where I'm thinking about others, not just myself, where love is flowing out and the love of Christ is impacting those that are 
around us. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in the busyness of life. And we're so busy. We're caught up in this and that. And we're, we're just, even in lockdown, we could find ourselves busy. Just in the way that our thoughts are going to so many different places. We can find ourselves on social media and it can take you to a million different places. The advertisements, the online shopping, the Netflix series that you're watching, all the things that it feels like on the outside you're doing nothing, you're at home, but you're a million places. Your mind is taking, you listen to this music, you, you, we, just, we don't like living in silence anymore. I was in the car the other day and I got a phone call and then I got off the phone and then I straight away went to put my, my hand on the, the radio to turn it on because it was like a, a two-second silence moment after I got off the phone. I thought, oh, I don't have noise. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, hey, are you scared of silence? And, and it reminded me again that God's there in the silence. God's there in the quiet moments. But we are often so consumed with the distractions the things that are around us that are taking our minds to so many different places that we actually forget that God wants to connect with us he loves us he wants to know us not just he doesn't want us just to know about him he wants us to know him to personally know God to connect to take that time our lives are filled with so much, we've got to make sure that our priority is Jesus. The second thing is, we've talked about number one, love is your highest goal. The second thing is love is what you are known for. It's what you are known for as a believer. What are you known for? Are you known for loving people? You know, a pastor said to a whole bunch of us pastors, he said, hey, uh, what are you guys going to be known for at the end of this COVID period? As leaders, you're going to be known for your outrageous comments on Facebook. You're going to be known for your rallying against the government. You're going to be known for your views and opinions on things. You're going to be known for your outrage. You're going to be known for your frustration. You're going to be known for your angst. Or are you going to be known for your love? going to go deeper in your relationship with God, going to get stronger, going to go deeper in your sense of community and connection with one another as you just begin to love people. The word for the year is stronger. We know that that means that there's got to be some weight that's carried. Getting to that place of our quiet time where we just start to lift those weights with God, allow our faith to connect with heaven to pray, to get in the presence of God, to worship Jesus, to read the Word of God, which changes our situation, which helps us to be able to have a bigger perspective. In His presence, His freedom, in His presence is joy, in His presence is peace. As we get with God, it does something on the inside of us. And then that love overflows. We've got stronger in community. As we've just connected with one another individually and love one another. Just continuing to be together. Why are we so excited to come back to church? Because we want to see our faith in action, serving God, serving people, praying for people, seeing the gifts and the abilities God's given us to build up the body of Christ. What are, what are we so excited about? We're excited about the Great Commission. We're excited about reaching people, raising disciples, releasing leaders. We're excited about what Jesus has called us to do. We're excited about doing what the church of Jesus Christ has been instructed to do by the person that we're following, Jesus 
So that's why I'm excited. Because we've got a world to love. We've got a community to serve. We've got people to reach that haven't yet been reached. And I love online. And it's so great. But it's one way. And love is always two ways. Love is what you are known for. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. So that's what we're known for. And we had this guy in our church in Singleton. And um, he was known as the town drunk. His name was Mark Clifton. And uh, he gets so slaughtered every, uh, every weekend, every weeknight that he'd find himself just walking around the streets and just where my grandparents lived was just behind KFC. Great place to be able to hang out when you're drunk. And he would, he would just make his way around and climb over. He'd scale their back fence and he'd just kind of crash and land and sleep off his drunken state on their wood chip pile out the back. And so they would hear the noise and they're like, oh yeah, it's just just mark again and he just he just land there well one day he got radically saved in our church by the time he got radically saved he'd done so much damage to his his brain he'd done so much damage to just done so much damage to his body himself he just but he still had his senses and still 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 knew what he was doing he came came to church and gave his life to jesus and was radically saved and this guy you know, I've known him for many years, and when you'd interact with him after his salvation, he would—you'd see him at church, you'd see him in the street, and you'd say to him, "Hey, Mark, what have you been up to?" And he'd be like, "Ah, oh, just loving Jesus, just worshiping God, just been out for a walk, just praying." And it was just so radical his transformation that it was kind of hard. Like you felt bad for being the guy that was like trying to make it small talk about the footy. Because this guy was always trying to elevate what God had done in his life. It's like the whole meaning of his life, the whole brand of his life had changed from the town drunk that everyone knew about, this guy that was causing chaos around the whole town, to somebody that was marked and defined by the love of Christ. And every time you talk to him, that's all he wanted to talk about. It was like he had an understanding, a glimpse of somebody that had just received God's love and understood that some of the greatest sinners, when they receive the love of Christ, they never forget. And I think for all of us, we should never forget we are all great sinners, loved by God in every season. He cares and He loves you. And finally this morning, love is your language to all people. Number three, love is your language to all people. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Many people live like that. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, what am I? I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, 
I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. See, love is our language to all people, and it's a language that everybody understands. Even it crosses barriers where we can't understand in terms of culture or language, but love speaks above it all. And I think in the season that we're in right now, in a world where there's so much division and chaos, so much angst and people that are divided in so many different ways, our faith in Jesus and our love for Christ starts to overflow and spill out and show the world that love is for everybody. Doesn't matter about this person's situation, doesn't matter about their past, doesn't matter about any of the things that we would tick off of our list of judgment. Jesus just entered the world and said, I'm here to love people. I'm here to draw people to the God of love. And so our love is for all people. You know, there's a scripture that I won't go in today where the church in Galatians, where it starts to talk about the church there, they were upset and divided over people being circumcised or uncircumcised. We think we've got trouble today with the vax and unvax. Imagine the men's ministry diminish if you started to, to bring those laws in again. But there was this division in the church because this circumcision, it talked about this cleansing and this understanding in the Old Testament that you were cleansed as a, it was a part of the ritual of what they did. But yet they came and under Christ, Paul's writing to them, helping them understand that under Christ, it doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised because under Christ, we are all a new creation. We're all set free. Love is for all. And it reminds me that it doesn't matter about our traditions or our past or the things that we try and prop ourselves up with. God says all of that's rubbish because under Christ, He took your sin. Under Christ, He took your punishment. Under Christ, you are set free. You've received God's grace. His love is for you. It's that love that changes and transforms your life. For God so judged the world. For God so gossiped about the world. For God so complained about the world. No, it says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So as I come to a close today, love is your highest goal. Love is what you are known for as a believer. Love is your language to all people. And today I want to give you an invitation to receive that love. Maybe you've known Jesus for a long time, but you've grown cold in your faith. Or maybe you're watching this stream today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never, never given your life to God. Well, today is an opportunity for you. To, today is an opportunity for you to receive salvation. Today is the day of salvation, Scripture says. Let's not put it off. Let's make the decision now. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart, we shall be saved. Scripture reminds us. And so today is an opportunity to receive that love. And I want to pray this prayer today. And whether you're a Christian and you have been for many years or whether you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're all going to pray this together because it's a decision of change. 
It's a decision to say, you know what, I'm putting Jesus at that highest point on the list of priorities in my life. And everything else can order itself under that because Jesus goes first. So let's pray together. Repeat this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sins and mistakes, I'm sorry. I receive your love and forgiveness. Help me to live for you each day and to serve you only. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have a video that just shows you how, to, uh, how we can help you and encourage you in your decision to follow Jesus. So why don't you look to the screens as we play that video now and encourage you. If you are new or have made a decision to follow Jesus, we'd love for you to head to our website, citychurchau.com. Scroll down to the I'm new or follow Jesus tab. Once you click on that, a form will appear. Fill out your name, your email and a message and send it off. Once we get this, one of our staff will contact you about the decision you have made and how to best follow you up from here.